Welcome to the Teacher's Impact Podcast, or better yet known as The Tip, where teachers can come to master their craft, use their voice, and enhance student learning. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Teacher's Impact Podcast, better yet known as The Tip. I'm so excited today because we have Akia Williams. She's been a teacher for a number of years. We worked together in a previous school district. She also listens to the podcast and I wanted to have her on because she has so much enthusiasm and joy when it comes to teaching and learning. And so, yeah, I thought it'd be a great time to just talk to her. What are her views? What are her thoughts and everything in between? So welcome, Akia. Thank you. Thank you, Shannon Marie, for having me. Yes, I am a fan of the podcast. I love it. I love what you're doing. I think us educators need that in our world. We have no one to really voice much for us when it comes to sharing expert our expertise, strategies in the classroom, um, and also just, you know, being able to just have a support group of educators. So what you're yeah. doing is so amazing. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, that support group of educators is so important. All right. So Akia, yes, I, like I mentioned before, we I said that we worked together in the past. So, But tell, tell us about your motivation to become a teacher. Um, it all started, I'm going to be honest, my parents were really instrumental in my motivation, as well as my third grade teacher. She also you know, became a mentor to me later on in my educational career as well. And we still keep in contact. So my parents really fought for me. They inspired me to be whatever I wanted. They had no boundaries on anything that I wanted to do. I went to an arts high school. I thought I wanted to do dramatics. I I thought I wanted to be an actor. And for some strange reason, I just kept feeling like, no, I need to be an educator. I want to be an educator. And I will always think about my third grade teacher and the things that she instilled in me, how she instilled them in me. And we were still communicating at that time. So hearing her say, you would be great as an educator. You would be great, you know, in the classroom, you have leadership abilities. Just say her saying certain things to me, motivated me as well as my other high school teacher as well. She also inspired me to become an educator and to give back to my community because that's what it's about. And that's where I started. I started out in a community that I was born and raised in. And I would love to, you know, return one day, but you know, life happens. But for the most part, you know, I, I really take my hat off to those individuals because they really instilled a lot in me. And they are the reason why I am an educator today. Awesome. We have to give people their flowers while they're here with us, right? Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, parents make a, a big impression on us at, at a young age, and our former t- teachers make a big impression on us. That's awesome. Yes. So I know being a teacher is very challenging, and <laughs> I want to know, tell me, like, what was one of your most challenging times as a teacher? <laughs> I've had a few, uh, but I'm just going to speak on, on one. I would say my very first year in early childhood, early childhood education, my first year was the most challenging year for me. First off, I was new to early childhood education. I came from an elementary setting 
So it was very different for me, but not too different. Just the age was probably the issue for me. And just the curriculum was a lot different. Adjusting to what skills needed to be taught, how, not being able to have a desk and just having a teacher corner. (laughs) So it was really challenging for me because I had to readjust everything and I had to undo what was done and what I knew, but it wasn't too bad. But I would just say my first year was very challenging. I was all over the place. <laughs> I, I felt so bad, you know, for that first graduating class because Miss Williams <laughs> was having a hard time. But, you know, I, I made it, but it was really challenging. I had a lot to do and I had some support along the way, which was good, but it was just a lot for me to unfold. It was a lot for me to unravel. And so quickly, things were happening so quickly. And it was really challenging for me. I had to keep up with the curriculum, keep up with, you know, the children and mastering certain skills at a certain time, what the children should know in the beginning of the year, the middle of the year, the end of the year, working with another partner in the classroom. I'm like, oh, honey, this is a marriage. We're together for (laughs) 10 months. We're married for 10 months. So, you know, just adjusting to a new person in the classroom. And I haven't had to do that. So it was really challenging. But nonetheless, I made it through. But that what do you think helped you made it through? Like a lot of prayer, to be honest. Mm. I had to really, really, really hold on to my faith because I felt like I was being tested. So a lot of prayer, a lot of, um, you know, faith building and having my support system there was another um, aspect that helped me to get through that. Because if I didn't have the support system, I probably would have pulled my hair out and left teaching. Wow. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Like elementary and early childhood, they're different. And I don't think a lot of people realize it. Like the early child, like pre-K, preschool, it's it's different. It's a lot of adjustment that you have to make. So yeah, kudos to you. I mean, I taught preschool for like maybe a year, but most of my experience is in elementary. And I think about, you know, what it, what preschool teachers do. It's in comparison to what all teachers do. Like it's it's a lot. So yeah, we talked about your most challenging times. So tell us about like your your most rewarding times as a teacher. Oh, <laughs> my most rewarding <laughs> times is meeting those children in September with very little, and seeing them in June master so much. That's one of the most rewarding things for me. I often get a lot of children um, enter my classroom that English is their second language. So a lot of them come to me with very little language. A lot of them for the first time, because I teach pre-K three. So a lot of them for the first time are entering school and they have no clue and they're so innocent (laughs) and they, you know, that they only want to please you, but they come to you with very little and it's, from the beginning, from the very first day to the very last day, you're educating, you're you're showing them so much, you're instilling so much in them, and they're learning so many different skills. And I always say, I keep it basic in my classroom. One is respect, two is listening skills, and three is just being kind to each other. I feel like those are skills that those are also, you know, life management skills. So I teach a lot of that. Independence is another one. 
Um, often a lot of the children um, have older siblings, but it's unfortunate that some of my little babies have to do for themselves. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just rewarding. Yeah, it's rewarding to see them grow and shape their young mind and say, wow, you didn't know that in September. And here you are speaking English or here you are speaking a full three to four or five, six sentences. Mm-hmm. And you're answering questions and your listening skills are superb. So those are my most rewarding times as an educator, just meeting those children where they are and then seeing where they, where they end up in September is so amazing for me. And then also supporting other teachers as well, because I've also mentored throughout my educational career. So even the novice teachers, you know, supporting them and just giving them feedback, just being serving as a coach, because I tell them, honey, we're the same. There's something I'm I'm still learning. So, you know, whatever you know, by all means, share with me. And what I know, I'll share with you. And let's just, you know, let's just count, you know, let's just piggyback off of one another. Let's just learn from one another and let's just be supportive. So, also, you know, um, supporting other teachers is also rewarding because I get an opportunity to see, you know, their strengths and support them with their target areas. That's awesome. Yeah, just seeing the growth, right? The growth and development in students and teachers. That is very rewarding. And I like the fact that you mentioned about listening skills and life skills. So, so important, especially now. Yeah. Yes, more than ever, more than ever. Yeah, so this is just an additional question. So you said that, you know, you worked with uh, adults, uh, novice teachers, like, Comparing that to working with children, like what's challenging about that? Well, I would say sometimes you have teachers that really, I'm not going to, I don't want to use the word stubborn, but sometimes it's difficult, it's challenging for them to let go of certain things, like things that, oh, well, I want to do it this way. And I often let them do their thing, but I just try to record them so they can sometimes see where the error is instead of me sharing it. Because I notice sometimes if I share, sometimes it could be challenging giving feedback because then they'll, you know, see it from their lens versus an objective lens. And I I try to be as objective as possible and share. Even I've made that mistake before or I've made that error. So sometimes it's a little challenging giving the feedback when it's time to like share feedback. Yeah. A little different. And they're like, "Mm, I didn't see that or this. And how could you say this? I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, I don't want to debate. So next time I'll just record you so you can find, you know, the errors and we can go over it together and see where we, you know, where we can master certain things. So I would say the feedback probably is the most challenging for me. Sometimes I have some opinionated (laughs) mentees (laughs) and sometimes they don't want to hear it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Feedback is hard because... One of my other, another lady I know, she used to say, you know, quote, you know, people are sensitive about their stuff. So especially teachers, you get kind of sensitive right. sometimes because, you know, you're you, you're doing the best Seriously. you can. And somebody's <laughs> giving you feedback. You're like, OK, hold up. <laughs> but yeah, right. Like that's what I need to say. I'm guilty of it too sometimes. I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't see that, you know, or I, OK, well. Can I, can I, can I share what I saw, what I felt, you know, like what happened? So, you know, I get it. But for me, that's probably like one of the most challenging. So I'm really, you know, um, I'm really keen on being objective when it comes to giving feedback because I understand how they may, you know, internalize it 
And yeah. like you said, we're sensitive. And I, and I totally get it. I totally get it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I love the recording part of it. That's that's a great idea. Yes. Yes. And I say that I even do it for myself sometimes. Like if I feel like I didn't like teach the activity, I'm like, wait a minute. I don't think they mastered that objective that I wanted to cover today. I'm going to record myself and see where I went wrong because my children really didn't grasp it. What did I say? What did I do? So sometimes I'm able to catch myself. I'll say, oh, I forgot to add this. Oh, mm, I didn't say that. Oh, this, you know, oh, now I see this, these group of children were attentive. I should have stopped and did this. So it kind of helps me, you know, understand where I went wrong, what errors I made and how I can fix them. It's like a self-evaluation a way of self-evaluating myself. So That's that works awesome. I, for me. It works. That's a great it's tip. It's a good tip. So you just gave us one great tip about recording your teaching. So what are some other tips that you have for us or for the audience? Oh, other tips. Say, always be ahead of the game. Try to be as proactive as possible. Because things happen in education and they also happen so suddenly and just remain flexible. Try to be flexible. Try not to take anything personal. Just, you know, let it be water off of a duck's back. There's always something that you're going to have to enhance in no matter what. So you, if you know you're doing your best, forget the rest. Try to take it easy. Self-care, get a lot of self-care in because we are on from eight to three. And sometimes even after that with lesson planning, assessments, other things. So self-care is also important. So whatever it is that you enjoy doing, do it. Life is extremely short nowadays. You know, we all know things are happening. So it's important to take care of yourself. I will also say, um, try to develop a good support system and lean on to them. You know, sometimes we get in a habit of just doing things alone and not really, you know, sharing what we're doing in the classroom. Sometimes, so some, most, sometimes it can be a help to hear from others and what they're doing because they can help give you ideas without you even saying anything. So mm-hmm. I would say those tips probably will be very helpful for those coming into the field and just try not to be stagnant. Always try to think outside of the box. Yeah, I completely agree with those a hundred percent. Being flexible, don't stay stagnant, just always trying to like you said, stay ahead of the game, always learning. So important in education. All right. So we talked about, you know, the tips you have for teachers coming into the field. Now let's go a little bit broader. Like what is what is one way you think the education system can be improved? Better salaries. <laughs> <laughs> But as far as children are concerned, <laughs> you went straight to it. I love it. Okay. I'm being real. I'm being real. We need, honestly, we have the heaviest influence, the heaviest influence. And if we can pay these other professionals six figures, why not an educator? We have such a heavy influence on people. Our doctors and lawyers and uh, fellow teachers and entrepreneurs, they learn from someone, an educator. 
someone inspired, someone motivated. It was an educator. So I just feel like we're often neglected when it comes to mm-hmm. that. We don't get our just through some time. But as far as our children are concerned, I would say more outreach programs for our children are needed, especially in the urban areas. Giving them that opportunity to be able to think outside the box more. Uh, what could, how can I say this? More activities that lean itself towards the arts. Because in the classroom, mm. I see how creative our children are. How they have this imagine like these like like they're beyond us. I'm like, wow, I'm blown away by some of the things that my children create in the classroom. And once we reach a certain level in the classroom, I'm listening to the way they're speaking. Wow. Even with technology, how they are with technology is um it's amazing at three. <laughs> I don't think I, I didn't have that kind of technology back when I was growing up. And I'm not 40 yet, but I didn't have that. <laughs> it's It's a whole different world with them right yes so i would say to improve i would say they need to bring in some some outreach programs where our children can it lends itself towards the arts gotcha thank you yeah we need that creative knack in our children we need to spark that we need to spark that and i think once we do that we'll see we'll see some difference and also just having more brain breaks for children that's also important yes. because our brain can only handle 20 minutes of knowledge at a time. And when I, when I taught um, the higher grades, I would do a 20 minute brain break. When those, those long blocks, we would play a game that I learned from a uh, professor when I was doing, when I started the um, P3 program, we would play a game called a hundred grand. And I picked that up and I would play it with my children. So it goes like this. After 20 minutes, you stop, you use the, the can, actual candy, 100, 100 grand. Okay. And you, let's, let's say if we're talking about math. I'll throw out some questions, have the children answer them, and throw them a piece of candy to play 100 grand. So that little brain break in between really helped them, and they got right back on target after we were done. So those frequent brain breaks will support children and help them to get their mind back. Like, okay, back to work. I'm refreshed. And even naps. I really, I, sometimes I honestly feel like giving these children a brain break because they're overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed. I agree. And we, yes, and we're overwhelmed too. And in and, 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 and addition to that, we start to they start to have those 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 challenging behaviors happening after that because they're like, I'm overwhelmed. I don't. They really don't know how to communicate it. So yeah. I, I think you know less testing. I know we have to test. I know. You know, those, those things are important, but it's, it's, it's way, it's very intense. Lessen the intensity, lessen the intensity, put more programs in there where children can utilize the arts and give us, give them children more brain breaks. It's so needed. So needed. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if you look at a typical day, it's, you're constantly on the go, like every every minute is scheduled like and you and you know just speaking personally I give my kids brain breaks but then sometimes it's like you're thinking like oh my gosh what if an administrator walks in here and and the brain break is like you know you're getting a a pop-up observation and an administrator walks in but the kids need that time it's not like 
they just need it. And it's like, if every single minute of the day is scheduled, they get overwhelmed. Like it's, yeah. So like you said, those brain breaks just give less intensity, just that time to just like, it's okay if you take a 20 minute. (laughs) Right. It's okay. It like the world is not gonna end. Like exactly, but burning is gonna take place. <laughs> yes, but I think sometimes I don't know when you're not because you can be outside of the classroom and still connected. But sometimes you have. Let me just preface by saying some administrators they're outside of the classroom, but they're not connected, and so it's like, like they'll say, "Oh, twenty minutes—that's too long." Like. No, based on what's going on in my classroom, this is what they need at this point. So, yeah, thank you. I I agree 100%. Um, Definitely, yeah, less intensity. That's exactly the words I would say. I completely agree. All right, so that's just, that's the main part of our question. So we've been having fun, but we're going to have a little more fun. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the rapid fire round we do for all the interviews. So, all right. So you're not going to have a lot of time to answer. I'm not going to time you. Don't worry. Less intensity. (laughs) (laughs) I need that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So first question, what's one thing that surprises you? about people no what's one thing about you that surprises people um well that's interesting I'm gonna say um I'm gonna say that they get an opportunity to see that I'm really down to earth get an opportunity because I think sometimes my parents feel like I'm not approachable but once they get to know me they're like, oh, you're so down to earth. And then we end up keeping in contact for years. Like I still have my second graduating class in preschool. I still keep in touch with them. They're like 11 now. So yeah, I would say, yeah, definitely that the parents get to see an oppor- a different me. Like, oh, you're so down to earth. You're so, oh, in the classroom, you're so different. Oh, and it's just, and it could be something simple. Like they can compliment my shoes or compliment my hair or something that I'm wearing, like a neck piece or something or my coat, anything. And then it becomes a whole different time. Like, hey, yes, thank you. T- girl, you need to go here. So I think them knowing that I'm just like them, it surprises them. Like, wow, you just like, oh, okay. So you're not in teacher mode all the time. You can <laughs> you know, down a little bit, but I do make it my business to stay professional at all times. But I have established relationships with you know, a lot of my parents outside of the school and we still connect to this day and I'm still supportive of, you know, my children to this day. So they're like in fifth grade and I'm still talking to them, still mentoring them, still, you know, feeding them knowledge. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So where is your happy place? My bed. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) When I get in my bed, oh my goodness, I, and I, I I had to have, like for, for me, I have to have my bedroom as my peaceful place. Like, oh, that's my happy place. I have no TV in my bedroom purposely. And I grew up without a TV in my bedroom. I grew up with just a bed, a bookshelf and my dressers. (laughs) And my bar. Wow. <laughs> so even to this day, my happy place is still my bedroom, my bed. 
I love laying in the bed and just listening to my soft music, relaxing, doing my deep breathing and texting sometimes, you know, <laughs> but I yeah. just love my bed. That's my happy place. My bed. I buy sheets like clothes because I like oh, to wow. be comfortable there. And I have certain wow. colors there because I want it to feel like peace, neutral. So I'm like constantly changing up things in my bedroom. Like, ooh, okay, let me take that out of here. Oh, no, I don't need that in here. Okay, look, it's time for a change. But everyone that visits my bedroom, like, oh, my God, it's so nice and it's so comfortable. Can I sit on your bed? Absolutely not. Not in my happy place. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Love that. All right. If you had to eat one thing for every meal going forward, what would you eat? Oh, I'm a foodie. So, oh my gosh, that's challenging to answer. I'm going to say I've been having a thing for steak lately. I don't know why. I don't know what's going on with me. I'm not having no baby, but (laughs) I've been wanting steak a lot. I don't know why, but I'm going to say steak right now. Okay. Hey. I don't know why, but yeah, steak. Either steak or potatoes. <laughs> I Ooh. love starch. Potatoes. Yep. Steak or potatoes. Nice. All right. If you could win an Olympic medal for any sport, real or fake, what would it be? Volleyball. That's my I love volleyball. Since high school, we would play and I'm not athletic at all. I don't I don't know anything about sports. Nothing. Don't ask me what a quarterback does. Don't <laughs> ask me what a forward is. Um, I know nothing. <laughs> Even baseball. I know nothing about sports. And it's okay. I just watch it for fun. But I love volleyball. So I would say volleyball. Wow. That's good to know. I didn't know that about you. Yeah, I love volleyball. Yeah. So see, there you go. You found something surprising. About I know. <laughs> I've never played it on the beach, though, because uh, I don't think I can keep up. <laughs> but I would love to try. I would love to try. That's going to be a goal. I'm going to try. Yeah, you should. You should. Yes. But I want to go out to the country when I do that. That'll be fun. Ooh, yes, volleyballs and vo- playing volleyball on the beach of Brazil. Yes, correct. Yes. Or uh, in the Carib- in the Caribbean. Well, yes. I want to go right to Jamaica and play on the on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that too. But I'm so used to it. I, it doesn't come to mind. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is so much fun, Akia. Thank you for yes, giving us you. your ideas, your thoughts. Where can the listeners find you if they want to connect with you, connect with you to get more tips and just to have conversation? Well, I'm actually not on any platforms and I think I need to change that because I get a lot of, you know, um, people that come to me for advice. So I was like, you know what? I was thinking about doing a TikTok, but I haven't set anything up yet or maybe an Instagram but I have not done it yet. So oh. I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm not on any platforms right now. I'm just like around. <laughs> <laughs> but it's I am okay. on Facebook. I, I can be found on Facebook. And, you know, if you want anyone want to shout me a holler on Facebook, you can reach out to me, Akia Tradeologist Williams. I'm on Facebook. Uh, my page is public. 
I don't hide anything. I'm, you know, very chill on my page. Nothing about debates or anything. No, I just like to keep it normal, keep it simple. I'm a normal human. So if you guys want to reach out, feel free. I'm on Facebook right now. That's the only platform, but I do plan on changing that. Now that you said that, you just really instilled something in me, like a little fire underneath me. Maybe I might, you know, try. Yeah. Yeah. Or either I'll even think about going live sometime and just that you would be wonderful at that. But yeah, I think I'm going to get on some platform so I could just like, you know, start talking to our fellow educators and just to the ladies and gentlemen as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. find me on Facebook, Akia Tradeologist Williams. That's T-R-A-D-E-O-L-O-G-I-S, last name Williams. So I got the name Miss Tradeologist from a friend of mine. It's, you know, something that, it's a nickname. So I just kept it. And it's it's a cool name. So I'm like, okay, Tradeologist, the study of trades. Okay, because I'm an educator. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. And uh, yeah, so follow her on Facebook or find her on Facebook and uh, we'll talk soon. All right.